And that's exactly how I feel now when we when we start playing it. Even when I say it and then they just start the first line, it's so exciting. Welcome to the Dream Studios podcast. You've come back. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> and uh, my name is Hogue. I'm the mixing and recording engineer here at the Dream Studios in South Austin, Texas. My guest this week is Alva Sim. Alva is a soft-spoken, sneakily talented songwriter and singer out of Austin, Texas. I met her because she's my neighbor Sully's good friend, and she had some songs she wanted to start working out with a band, so she brought the band into the Dream to record a couple covers and a couple originals. Alva has a smooth, rich, delicate voice, and her songs, at least the ones I've heard, the ones we recorded here, have a hazy, lazy kind of 70s feel to them. Uh, the kind of vibe that a former guest, Reed Umstadt, likened to a 40-watt orange glow light bulb. That's a good description. Alva assembled a wonderfully understated, nuanced trio, guitar, bass, and drums, to back her up on this album. And the results, I think, were fantastic. Let's have a listen to a little bit of the song, Non-Existence. See what I mean about the 40-watt light bulb? Welcome to the podcast, Alva. Please say hello to me. Hogue. Hi. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm good. You played that very naturally. We just tried that, but something went wrong, and we had to recut the intro. Thanks for your patience. You're welcome. Uh, today, we're going to focus on the two originals you did here yeah. at The Dream, uh, but first... Tell me more about yourself. Tell us about your relationship to music, a little bit more about your past that people might find interesting as it relates to what you brought uh, to the recording process over here, um, the songs Over and Over and Non-Existence, which you did here at The Dream. Just tell us about your musical life. Okay, so I was born and raised in Coventry, which is two hours north of London, um, to Jamaican parents who came over to the UK when they were young. My mom was a singer. Um, she raised seven kids on her own, and we all loved music. So we played music a lot growing up. Um, we'd sit around the dinner table and just sing and harmonize the seven of us. Um, so I was raised around it, and... Um, it's always been a part of my life, but I never, never really got the opportunity to play music. Um, I got married and had kids, and um, my whole focus was on uh, my family, <clears throat> my my girls, and my husband, and what they needed, and never really focused on what I thought I needed. Um, then I got divorced and figured out I didn't know who I was and what I wanted to do and what I loved and what I was passionate about. Um, and then took a trip to New Zealand uh, for six months where my brother lives and um, just went purposely to figure out what I want to do. Um, and while I was there, um, I just spent time um walking and reading and uh, just quiet, quietness really, and came back knowing that music was a part of my life and something that I loved and was passionate about, but um, never did. And so I came back and I went to a friend of mine um, who has a recording studio and is a music teacher. And I went purposely to him. He wasn't a good friend at the time, but just somebody I knew. Um, I wanted to go outside of any circle of friends because I didn't even know if I wanted to do music. I just wanted um, somebody to come alongside me. So I, I went to him and I said, hey, I want to write some music. Um, I've never done it. Um, will you help me? And he said, well, I would really love to help you, but I think you should just go away and write and come back. And so that wasn't the response I was expecting, um, but I, I understood why he told me to do that. Um, he didn't want to influence 
me in any way. He wanted me to be me, which was what I was looking for anyway. So I, I did. I went away and I wrote two songs and I came back to him and I was like, so here's my two songs that I wrote. And in my mind, like everybody's first song is terrible. And I knew that it wasn't going to be good, but I just wanted, I wanted to start in some direction. Um, and so I went back and I, I played my song to him, my two songs to him. And he was just like, oh my gosh, that's really good. And he's a really, really nice guy. So I was just like, you're just being nice. (laughs) You can tell me. And he was like, no, they actually are really good. And his name's Adam. Um, and he said to me, this is how much I believe in you. Um, I run an open mic. Um, this is when I was living in Houston. Uh, so he said, I run an open mic on a Thursday night at this local pub and there's nobody there. So why don't we learn two covers and your two songs you, you, that you wrote and we go and perform them. And I was like, that's not what... I wanted to do. I just actually (laughs) want to write so that I can get, um, I had, um, I got divorced and it was a really bad experience. And I had something in me that I wanted to say, but I didn't know how to say it. Um, didn't know how to say it, didn't know how to deal with my emotions. And I, I knew music was the key to that. And so I was just trying to find a way to, um, to get that out of me. Um, and be some kind of, uh, I don't know, um, I wanted to be able to um, help other people that went through the same situation as I did, but with music. So anyway, um, he said to, Adam said to me, I'll, I'll, come with you I'll learn because I I don't play guitar too well so he said I'll learn the songs and I'll sit right next to you and um and we'll we'll do the four songs so I agreed even though it's really not what I wanted to do but I did and so we went that night to the open mic and we sat and like he said there was no one in the room which was perfect for me so we started to play um, we did the two cover songs, and then, like at near the end of the the second cover song, this man walked in, sat in the middle of the room, and just sat and just listened. And then, when I was done, when when I was done with the cover song, he says, "Do you have any originals?" And Adam was like, "She does." Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, "Okay." And so we played the originals. And then I got down and um, the gentleman came up and he was like, I, I really enjoyed your songs. I love who you are. Um, I own the pub across the street. Can you come play? And Adam jumped straight in there without me even having to say anything. He was like, we'll be there. Just give us a time and a date. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is not what I sat, signed up for. I just want to write some music. Um, so that was the start of um, me trying or starting to play. Um, I've never really felt completely comfortable because I still struggle a lot with, um, I guess, the same as most musicians, just not feeling good enough um, or talented enough. Um, but yeah, I started playing then and Adam sat with me for nearly two years um, and just would play guitar and I'd just sing and write. And yeah, that was, that's my journey. That is a great story. So Adam was like your musical guardian angel yes. of sorts. And I cried when he told me he couldn't play anymore. Uh. <laughs> he had a baby and he needed to concentrate on, on his baby and other things. And I was like, what am I going to do? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a sad moment. And he, it was really funny because he said, it's taken me weeks to think, how am I going to tell her? <laughs> because he knew <laughs> I'd get upset. <laughs> so, yeah. Congratulations about your baby, but damn it. <laughs> That's a great story, too, about uh, that one guy. who mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing what happens when there's just one person, you just need one listener yeah. to focus 
your energy on. And if they're listening, that makes all the difference. Yeah. I mean, I was happy with singing for no one in the room, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm in my comfort spot right here. Yeah, there's but, certainly something just singing for singing's sake, and yeah. even if there is no audience. <clears throat> um, so let's talk about your writing process yes. for, for these songs in particular, these two, Over and Over and Non-Existence. How... Did it change, or did it change from something that you had by yourself, but then brought to a band? And I guess start by way of first telling us a bit about the band you assembled and and what it was like bringing these songs, which I'm assuming was at the beginning just you and acoustic guitar, yeah. and bringing them to these <clears throat> these fellas. Um, so non-existence was um, <clears throat> written actually when I was in Houston and I have a lot of musician friends and one of them was getting an award at some, some kind of award. And so we all, a bunch of us went away for the weekend to um, watch him get his award. So we're sitting in a house and um, we're talking and I, I had been going through a difficult time. And I said to, I, we were talking, I looked at him and I said, sometimes I've, feel like fading into non-existence and he just looked at me and said that's a song and I said then write it and he said no that's <laughs> that's your song you should write it and so that's where that song came from um just through diffi- a difficult time and uh that that that, that sentence um was a, was very descriptive of how I was feeling at the time. So um, then, um, I've sat on it for years actually, um, because every time I played it, uh, it's the the lyrics are not exciting. Um, they they're kind of dark, and so when I played it, the rhythm of it is happy, but the lyrics are dark, and so. I, I just always felt like, I don't know if I'm sending this mixed signal. Um, I'm not sure what people are going to think of that song. So I kind of sat on it for a while and then um, just decided to, to play it and bring it to the band that um, I'm working with. And they loved it. And it was good to hear it um, outside of just my acoustic and hear it come to life a little bit more with them playing um yeah was it was the rhythm and the tempo the same like um when I wrote it yeah yes okay yeah um and I kind of like I don't really I I can't say I understand the guitar um I just play what I feel feels good to me and so that's just the way the song came out. And I I mean, I don't know if I slowed it down, if it would feel the same way. Um, no, I think it's a good tempo. I I, I suppose, well, in, in the after Tyrell's, the guitar player, after Tyrell's solo, mm-hmm. Keezy, the drummer, goes into a halftime feel. So that gives you a little taste of what it would sound like. Yeah. Super, super mellow and really pulled back. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a good move, which... I think we'll come back to, but um, that's neat. So you brought you brought it to them. You had the tempo and the general strumming pattern mm-hmm. in mind. What was it like giving? Have you ever given a song to the instrumentalists? They're like, okay, guys, do what play you it want. back for me. Um, no, I have. I felt like I walked into that already prepared, and I didn't give them as much room to do that. Um, not because I didn't want to. Um, I think they they heard it the way I played it, and I, I'm not sure if they just uh, didn't didn't want to change anything, or they just thought, oh, it's already it's complete the way it is. Um, but it does feel way better um, with them playing, though. It's it's has more life to it. Um, yeah for sure yeah i mean you think about james it's james right the bass player yes james's bass part that must have been cool to hear a, a bass part over yeah. it and it's it's it moves a lot it's doom 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 boom 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 boom
and that that adds a complexity to it. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. It must have, it must have been a bit of a thrill. It I know when exciting. I bring songs to somebody, yes. like you know, uh, my the band I'm in, uh, hearing them play it, I think, oh my god, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly how I feel now when we when we start playing it. Even when I say it, and then they just start the first line. It's so exciting, isn't it? Yeah, yes. and it's it's like it's the it's a feeling of oh, this is a real it's a real thing, it's a real, it's a real song. song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially when somebody else is playing it. Yeah. Um, Let's let's talk about those those guys a little bit more. Um, it was funny. We had a bit of a funny crossover, and you know these people. I know these people. You know these people. You were you were wanting to come in here and get these songs down, and you said, do you, you, you know, I think you were asking maybe for some recommendations for people, and I said, yeah. well, I know this guitar guy, and you said, I already have a guitar guy. I said, okay, well, I know this drummer. And you and I played you something. He he actually played drums for a friend of mine who was just in here, uh, Shah Alheem, aka Goldie Pipes. And I said, "Here, listen to Keezy. And you said, "Oh, I like this guy." And then the guitar player that you said you already had was the guitar player that I was going to recommend. <laughs> and he plays with Keezy. Yes. And we had just met you and me. Yeah. Which it was is bananas. The, yes. Which was the most beautiful thing, though, because. Honestly, those guys are exactly what I need around me. They have this humility and this fun side and this creative side. Um, and they give me the room to be me. Like there's, there isn't one part of playing with them that I feel like I can't say anything or it's stupid what I just said or they're they're so so good and just was so willing um just to to do whatever we need to do to make things happen uh, yeah I I just love being around them I feel like I'm not around them enough sometimes <laughs> I miss you <laughs> but yeah this they're really they're great I'm big fans of them too mm-hmm. it was really cool knowing you know, usually I, I don't know some of the session yeah. players that are coming in here. But at the time that you guys came in, I knew three quarters of the band. I did not know James. James. Where did James come in? So I was doing backing vocals for a, um, a band uh, for about a year and a half in, here in Austin. Um, and James was the bass player. So, um, and he was all, he's, he's kind of the quiet one. Well... He's kind of quiet, but he's kind of like, um, he has this, I don't know if you like me saying it, but he has this really dry sense of humor, sarcastic, which I'm used to because I'm a Brit. So um, <laughs> sarcasm is like a part of our life, but I've been away from it for so long that I, now it like throws me for a loop, but he's kind of the quiet one, um, but he's, he's great. Um, always has something really constructive um, to say, brings a lot to the table, um, which I love. And then Keezy, I don't know that Keezy realizes I learned so much from that guy. And he has this incredibly beautiful voice. Yeah. Um, So, like, I'm always looking at him. I'm sure he's thinking, why is she staring at me all the time? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm always trying to listen and watch what he's doing because he's so good. And that's a a good thing for me because I I always want to surround myself with people that are so much better than me so that I can, I want to learn, you know. Um, And he's he's just, he's great, Um, but he's quiet about it. Um, so when I get him to sing, I'm always just like, "Dude, just do it." <laughs> just when he came, quite. when he sang those backups for, well, he did he did a, a couple, but I'm thinking of the backup he did for non-existence. non-existence. And we were, you know, you were cutting your vocal in here. I was kind of leaving you alone. I would press record and just go go out and hang with the fellas. <laughs> they were yeah. hanging around by the fire pit outside the studio here, and. Uh, you're like, okay, Keezy, let's put some of your stuff on. And Keezy just waltzed in. And he's like, all right, play it back. And uh, he just he just riffed on it, you know? And he did he's it a few so times, good. and we comped it. But he's got this gorgeous 
falsetto that somehow has a weight yes, to it. Yes, he really does. And he's not scared to try anything. He's just like... Seriously, when seriously when he sings, I'm just like, dude, you have like, you have to just sit, just sing this song. <laughs> because, you just want to outsource the yes, whole thing. Yes, he's. I I can't explain. He's just. I mean, vocally, um, I love having musicians around me that um, bring, like, all everything who they are to the table. Um, and these guys are not just great at what they do, but they're just they're just really good men. And then I got to talk about Ty because Ty has completely like Ty took a while to even like talk in front of us, and he'd just come in and play, and he's really quiet. And I would say now he's probably the most outgoing one. Is that right? Yes, and I did not expect that. And he'll just like. In between songs, he'll start singing some stupid song, and um, yeah, he's fun. He's probably the most fun one in in the band for sure. Um, but he ask him to learn something, and he's got it like that. Um, yeah, he's he's great. I love him too. I love them all. You've built a, a wonderful trio around you. Yeah, and um, <laughs> just back to Keezy for a second. At the end of his little vocal overdub session. It was funny how quickly he was, when he was done, he was done. You know, a lot of people are like, let me get that back. Uh, or like, I don't know, blah, blah, And then he sang his last falsetto. I think before even the song was over, he just knew, okay, that's my parts. And he just turns he turns to the control window and goes, all right, I'm done. <laughs> Took off his headphones, went that's back it. outside to the fire pit. I got it. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, Keezy, see you. <laughs> Let's uh <clears throat> blah, 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 blah. let's listen to the whole track of non-existence and then we'll dive into some of the particulars. So listener, enjoy non-existence. Walking things through 
Okay, there it all was. You know what? Uh, one of the things I love about that song is the decision to end it on an acapella of that line. Hmm. There was. It would have been easy to just default to the band playing that behind you. Yeah. And you t- and you you know wash it out on fading into non-existence. Symbol swell. Yeah. Um, how did that come about? Was it just, did, did the band stop and you just kept going? Or like, oh, that was cool. I think it was a band thing. Yeah? Yes. And then the the lyrics too, um, fading into non-existence. I, I feel like that works better with the lyrics rather than like it's full band at the end. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. And I feel very dumb for not arriving at that <laughs> observation myself. But um, it's funny because now I'm remembering when I played that song for my fiance, Megan, she said, oh, what a cool ending. And then there is like the band creeps back in after your vocal tails off and they do a little swell. Like like a little, the chord and the and keysy symbols. You remember it better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and Megan said, "Oh, maybe you should take out that part so that it really sells the non-existence hmm. of it all." So, um, thought that was interesting. Yeah. But let's see what else. Um, first, first, I want to talk about that that feel that Keezy brought uh, to the drums. It's a loose, light groove. You know, you could you could play that tight. I'm thinking as a drummer right now. You could play that real, almost ahead of the beat. But he's he tugs a little bit on it. And he sits behind it, and of course, I love that halftime section. Do you remember when that happened or what the process was there? Um, yeah. So when I um, when I started writing that song, um, I, I said earlier that like I don't have a formula and I don't n- really understand how writing a song works. Um, so I was kind of just listening to like um, like how other songs are, are formed, like the um, what word am I looking for? Um, Like, you know, you usually have, like, the verse and then the chorus and then the bridge and all like that the, kind of Like uh, the structure or the arrangement? Yeah, the stru- mm-hmm. Yes, the structure arrangement of the song. Um, so I was just basically trying to follow something um, because I didn't really know what I was doing. And so I, I wrote the, the verse and the chorus, and then I was like, so it probably should have a bridge. And so that was that's the bridge. Um, and I slowed it down um, because um, I'm trying to think of the lyrics of that part. Um, I'm right on the edge, um, yes, ready yeah. to oh, fall. I have the lyrics right here. Yeah, yep, that's right. Right on the edge, ready to fall. Yeah. Is anyone out there? Can you hear me call? Um, so I, I slowed it down because... Um, the song, the song is is about feeling like you're you're doing good and then you're not doing good and and feeling lonely in that place and and I wanted I wanted the song even though I said I said um, when I started playing it I played it um, with a upbeat tempo I still wanted to like have a meaning to the song and people to actually hear it. Um, because it has an upbeat beat tempo, I was worried that like that would be the draw, and everybody would be like just moving to the groove of the song and not really listening to the lyrics of the song. Ah, yeah, that's very interesting. So I slowed it down um, because I wanted that moment of people to hear um, what it was that I was trying to convey. Yeah, it certainly gives gives a little more import to to that section. Mm-hmm. It as it goes to halftime, the song in a sense is falling apart, like like you are yeah. in the lyrics. Yeah. Um, and also, there's this cool thing that's happening with you and Keezy. It's a call and response. Mm-hmm. Keezy's echoing your words like almost like a a, a canyon or something. Which, even though it's, there's two people now, it adds to the loneliness 
in my mind because it's like you're saying the line and then it's coming back out back to you yeah you know what yeah. I mean yeah yeah um wow I never I never looked at it like that either <laughs> but that's, that's actually I'm sh- great. it was probably in your subconscious uh-huh. you know yeah okay so non-existence you got anything on that or should we move on to uh um, over and over no, I think I covered it. I have one more thing. Go on. <laughs> and I, it's it's about your pronunciation of a particular oh, word. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I love it. Okay. And I don't want you to be like, oh, you know, sub- no. self-conscious about it. I like when you're saying, let, let's consult the lyrics here. It's the word oh, walk. Walking oh. things through. Oh, it's, it is walking things through. What do you think I was saying? Oh, my God. That explains everything, and it renders my point moot. I thought you were saying working things through, working things out. Oh, right. And you pronounced them differently, and I was was thinking to myself, why would she pronounce them? They're so close together. Why would she pronounce them? Walking things through, working it out. So walking, working. Why did she do that? But, okay, it's because it's a different word. Yes. All right. Well, moving on. <laughs> and you That's know what's awesome. funny? When you were talking about New Zealand in yeah. the intro, and you said that, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking, reading, walking, walking. and I thought to myself, is she saying working or oh, walking? walking. <laughs> were you walking? I was walking. <laughs> You're, with your legs? W-A-L-K-I-N-G. Okay. <laughs> Does right. it sound so close? Walking and working? It's like the way an Irish person says walking. Walk. Oh, yes. Walking. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but you're not walking, Irish, so I don't no. know what I was talking about. I don't know what I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived, so I lived, uh, I was born and raised in Coventry, and then my parents were Jamaican, so I was raised around Jamaican patois. Um and then I married a Scotsman and moved to Scotland for nine years. <laughs> Lived in the most remote part of Scotland, the Shetland Isles, which is right in the North Sea. Really? For nine years. What'd you do there? <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> was that when you were raising a family or was this yes. pre-kids? Yeah, that's when, yeah. My t- I, had my t- I had Whitney in, in the Shetland Isles and then Shannon was born. In England, but yeah, I lived there for nine years, and they have like their own dialect and everything. So I lived in Scotland for nine years, and then I moved to the United States. So now my family say you sound English, Scottish, and American all at the same time. So I don't know Funny. what that is. I think you sound Irish. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it's the walking. The walking. Walking. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we talked about these songs as being um, demos, and yes. you know they're 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 you know you guys were professionals in there, and you were giving great performances and sounding great. But the idea was with these was to kind of walk it out <laughs> and use them to uh, maybe play for venues or agents yeah. and get some gigs. Yeah. Um, where could these songs go? From these basic tracks, I'm not saying you're going to add them onto these actual takes, but these were these were sort of the skeleton of the song. Do you have other things in mind, other instruments or layers of arrangement? Yeah, I do actually. Um, so, uh, with non-existence, since we're we're talking about it, um, I would love horns on that um, at some point. Way more backing vocals. But that's, the, yeah, where it's at right now, just as a demo, is not what I, I want it to be um, on, an, on an album or whatever we decide to do. Yeah, horns in that bridge would sound great, mm-hmm. but uh, elsewhere as well. And I even hear some, some strings. Yeah, yeah. You know? I think I hear more strings on on the other uh, song that I did, but definitely, I like. I, I'm a lover of the piano too, so yeah, um, keys would be really nice. Yeah, get some piano in mm-hmm. there, a bunch more vocals. Yeah, that's gonna be great. Yeah, because it's good now. Thanks. It is. It's great now, but Thank it's gonna you. be greater. Uh, let's move to over and over okay. now. Let's take a. We're going to do it in the reverse way this time. We're going to listen to it first, and then we'll walk 
walk, and then we'll talk through it. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep thinking about walk. Oh my gosh. Okay, here is the entire song over and over. That was over and over. Tell us about what's what's the origin story here. Oh gosh, I got to remember the lyrics to this song. Do you want me to tell you them? Yes, please. Okay, well I will spoken word them to you. <laughs> when will I get the chance to hold? It? And this is kind of a shitty exercise because no one really enjoys having their lyrics <laughs> no. spoken back to them. No. Now because you're doing that, I'm like, oh, God. The meaning is half in the melody mm-hmm. and the delivery, so maybe I won't okay. do that. I'll just give you a prompt. The yeah. words start with, when will I get the chance to hold your hand? Okay, so um, the song was just, I I don't even remember where I was when I wrote this song. Um, I think I was living in Houston at the time. Just a, just a... A girl hoping to find romance at some point, I guess. Um, 
Yeah, just written through loneliness and um, hoping for something beautiful in the future um, in way of gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> yes. Not just men, yes. folks. Gentlemen. Gentlemen connection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful song, I have to say, and it has a pacing to it that is just lovely and reflects the the yearning that I think the, the lyrics are pointing towards. I, I particularly like a, a <clears throat> lyrical device you do where uh, you repeat at the end of a verse, for now and always, always. Yeah. I like that a lot. And you do it again in the second one. Is this how my story goes? Story goes. Yeah. And that leads into this thing that Keezy does. Well, I guess it's it's more of what the other guys are doing. Everybody cuts out, but Keezy stays on, on a nice little beat there while you're doing that. Always, for now and always, always. Oh, yeah, yeah. He does. <laughs> he has like a couple measures of just Keezy. Yeah, he does. And you yeah. kind of hand it off to him. And then the drop into the chorus is that much bigger because people had left and now they're coming yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has a, the song um, has just this nice, I love music. I love Sade is like probably my ultimate favorite artist. And her music, the way it makes me feel, like it doesn't matter um where I am or how I'm feeling, like put her music on and it puts me in this like just super chill, like relaxed um, place. And I want to write like that. And and so that was my attempt to just um, get to a point where it, it just feels good. Um, and so when the guys play play it it does it it feels nice yeah um, mission accomplished on on that front for sure i don't listen to much sade i i it sounds like i should oh, i just know that big one what was amazing. her big she's done smooth operator yeah. and um she's incredible so so incredible i love the feel change in into the chorus as well I don't know. Yeah, because there's it's sort of loping and fluid and dreamy in the verses, and then it really drives in the chorus. Yeah, but it's it's not and not in an aggressive way. Just a it's a little bit of a boogie. Yeah, you know? yeah. It it feels it feels good. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about. Uh, Man, I feel like we didn't spend enough time on over and over. <laughs> but so, I was just about to move on. <laughs> Whatever's good with me. Okay. <laughs> Jump back into it well, if you need to. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll just get there naturally. Okay, but I want to yeah. talk about your voice and okay. your vocal process in here when you were recording. One of the cool things watching you track your vocals was you, when you came in at first you know and the, the studio sucks not this studio of course no but like the, the general studio experience yeah. can be can be anxious yeah and yeah. um and you know so you came in maybe a little apprehensive on the first few vocal passes and it was really just to get it down i think mm -hmm. and then we had you come in again it was yeah. night and day yeah your voice really opened up and you could actually, I could actually see the difference on the waveforms because there's, you can see confidence in waveforms yeah. based on how big they are. Right. First of all, um, and how per, you can see how percussive they are. There's a confidence there in the shape of the waveform. What was the difference between day one and day two for you? Um, well, first of all, um, I met you before uh, we recorded, which was great because meeting you um, put me at ease. Um, just your personality was so good. and um, But I didn't know what you were going to be like in the studio. Not that you <laughs> would be completely different, but um, it's... It's just, it's scary when you're in a in this small room and everybody's listening to your voice and it's being recorded and 
um, you hear everything that goes wrong at that point. So that was in my mind, you know, oh, God, i got to sing now. And um, even though I'm I'm cool with the guys, um, I think that that was just a little scary. It was you that was scaring me. <laughs> That's what, how I, I kind of sense that. Like, you know, some yeah. singers like to be left alone. Like if my brother comes in when I'm tracking my vocals, yeah. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Right. I won't. I just won't sing in front yeah. of him for some reason. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I think I mentioned earlier, I I would just kind of press record and bail. Yeah, a little, yeah. So yeah, probably that more than anything else. And then um, just like I said, um, I, I struggle a little bit with just feeling good enough. And um, so, yeah, with all of that going on in my head, I think that's how, that's um, what I came in. <laughs> like yeah um, well from my point of view i was like i said i would press record go outside and then i started to think you would you would finish a take and every time you'd have to come out and get me in the yard <laughs> when i was talking about like video games with your band <laughs> and i kept thinking like ah, oh, I, I think she prefers that i'm not in there but then every time she has to come and get me like does she think i'm not paying attention and i'm a shithead but no, uh, i guess no. we were just no, it was fine. Um, it, yeah, it was it was totally fine. It's, it was just me um, just finding the confidence enough to do what I do what I need to do. Cool. Um, what uh, we're gonna we're kind of rounding third here, so to speak. Um, do you get that baseball metaphor? I did actually. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I used it. Uh, on someone else, you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And you're like, rounding third base. It's yeah, like, I got the, it. Yeah, okay. Except we call, we call it rounders. Rounders? Rounders. And I think uh, baseball was, was uh, rounders was first and then baseball came after. Is round, rounders is a game? It's a game. It's a British, oh, I don't, British game, I guess. Is it baseball-like? Yes, very baseball-like. But it's not cricket. It's not cricket. What? Are you fucking with me? There's no game called rounders. There is. Look it up. I promise you. All right. Look at the history of rounders. I think baseball came from rounders. Hey, intern. <laughs> Look up rounders. I don't have an intern. Uh, so, but I have a, I have a couple uh, more fun questions. Okay. Um, you're sitting in the dream cutting room right now. Mm-hmm. So you have an advantage over some people who do this podcast remotely and they have to recall being in there. But what I want to ask you is, do you have a favorite thing, item, in that room to look at? There's a lot on the walls. Gosh. And you can take your time. We can edit it, but just look around. She's now swiveling in her chair. I'm looking at the naked men bodies Oh, well, Alva, you're what? sending a bit of... That needs context. Okay, top bodies. Okay, well, I'll explain what you just said while you continue to look okay. around. Alva is referring to some old band posters from when my band was a bit younger, and we would... It's, it's hot in Texas, and it's hot on summer tours, and we never wore shirts, and a lot of our posters are... Shirtless. Shirtless. Yes. Oh, gosh. There's so many things in here. Um, I like that sign that says slay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that, too. That's a new That's a new addition. Yes. Do you I see do what's like on top it. of it? I can't. What? what? Who is that? That is Animal. He's a Muppet. Oh, I know you're British, so maybe yes. you don't know what a Muppet no, is. No, I do know what a Muppet is. Well, maybe you have your own version of Muppets, like you have no. different baseball. It's not baseball, it's round. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. <laughs> um, but yes, I do know what the Muppets are. Um, but yeah, I like that sleigh. Um, there's so many things in here, Hogue. Yeah, it's almost, um, too, it's almost too much. Wow. Well, I love the amount of books that are in here, to yeah. be honest. Um, yeah. I that's a good, that's probably, I mean, that's pretty much universally the, is that the what, favorite thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do. But I like that first you chose the sleigh mm-hmm. neon sign. Um, I'm looking in there right now, and I'm seeing a coffee cup that I've been missing for ages. <laughs> and it's up there on the shelf next to a 
a Bo Jackson starting lineup figure and a Dennis Rodman action yeah, figure. Yeah, this is this is like a super cool room. I love that there's just stuff everywhere. Keezy said that it reminded him of playing music growing up in his grandmother's basement. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's sweet. Okay, so to wrap up here, I wanted to ask you, you know, this year has been really dumb, but things are things are taking a turn for the better. Yeah. So that means more opportunities to do things musically. What, if anything, do you have planned? Do you want to get out there and perform? Yes, um, I do. We're we're trying to work towards that right now. We actually are opening for well, we're we're um, having a soft opening at at the studio that I work at, and so we're we're the band for the evening. Um, Excellent. For the When's studio. that? The twentieth. The twentieth of, of March, this month? and in like two weeks. <laughs> so. Oh, so this this podcast won't be airing until after that. So this is a Back to the Future type thing. Ooh. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, listener, you can't see that. But I I think I could probably make that. You can come. That would March be March awesome. twentieth, and you have been doing some outdoor like small backyard shows at my neighbor Sully's house. Yeah, we. Um... Yeah, um, Matt, who I um, am good friends with. Um, you just refused to call him Sully. I did. <laughs> okay, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, we um, we were hanging out in his in his house um, on the balcony, and he he just said, "I want to do some um, some music in my backyard," and I said, "I can make that happen," which was like. <clears throat> um, Maybe seven months ago now. Was it? Yeah. So. What the hell? Yeah, it's been a while. So yeah, I just um, approached some musicians, and um, and Matt's great. Um, he wanted to pay the bands, and said he's he moved to Austin because of music, and and wanted to keep it going, and um, just so genuine and generous. Um, and so we, the first. Um, time we did it we just had two musicians come out and play for an hour each and it was during COVID so there wasn't a lot of music going on and everyone was so grateful and um, I didn't realize how much I missed um, seeing people play live and um, so it was a, it's been a beautiful thing it's been way way better than I thought it was going to be um, and so yeah we've it's our seventh month um I plan on um, having an anniversary, something. Um, I don't know what yet, um, but it's been great. So we have another one coming on Friday, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow? Tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Right over there? Yes, tomorrow. Yeah, listener, this is like 50 yards from where we're recording yeah. right now. It's it's right across the yard. Yeah, and then you know what the strangest thing is? So the first time I came over here to, to record, I, I'm looking around your yard and you have a stage in the corner. <laughs> and I'm like, what are we doing in Matt's yard when your entire yard is made? It was a little... I, I I could sense that and and yeah so we have a stage and a light setup and the whole sound system that we run from outside the studio door to the stage seating that we set up oh but we just goodness. weren't my brother wasn't home at yeah. the at the time and we just weren't really set up for it yet yet I'm excited it'll it'll be good. Well, I hope to make it tomorrow, uh, and that's that's all I got. It was such a pleasure having you come in. Yeah, thanks for thank you so much. Thanks for joining us, yeah, Alva Sim. It's always great to talk to you. Likewise, you bring a lot to the table and make me think a little differently. So all right, that's nice. Yeah. Um, what should we take them out with? They've already heard the two originals. Let's play them one of the covers. Which one? Summertime. Summertime. Here it is. Thanks again, Alva. Thank you. Summertime 
Dream Studios podcast is brought to you by PuppetTelegrams.com. Think of someone in your life. Would they love getting a personalized telegram from a puppet? Of course they would. You choose the puppet. That's the fun part. Will it be Wingo the Bat, lovable and dim-witted? Will it be Lionel the Lion, who is blustery and proud? Maybe you'll choose Layla the Chicken, sarcastic and edgy, or Vitaly the Monster, an excitable force of nature. After that, you provide some quick details about your recipient to help the puppet telegram be as personalized as possible. It's a quick and easy way to make someone laugh for quite literally any occasion. A birthday, anniversary, graduation, promotion, get well, congratulations, retirement, I miss you, and my favorite, just because. You don't have to be a kid to crack up at... You don't have to be a kid to crack up at one of these telegrams, and the messages can be anywhere from wholesome to edgy and everywhere in between. To get you started, the puppets are giving you a $10 coupon. Just use the code LAUGH, that's L-A-U-G-H, if you decide to order a puppet telegram from puppettelegrams.com.